Hello, you're listening to Put On Your Positive Pants. I'm your host, Beth Wilson, and I'll be bringing you a slice of positivity every week. For this episode, I'm joined by James Pearson, the brains behind All We Think We Create on Instagram. James is really interested. He's currently writing a book of manifestations based on emotions people send to him. So I wanted to find out more. So enter the podcast, James. Hi, James. How are you? I am really, really good, Beth. Thank you so much for inviting me on to, uh, to your podcast, which I think, quite frankly, is absolutely amazing. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to have you. So could you please introduce yourself, my lovely listeners, please? Absolutely. So uh, my name's James. Um, I'm a guy. Um, I've been around for a while, a few decades, and I consider myself quite a creative being. I think my closest sort of spiritual companion would have been Leonard Nimoy. Um, I'm not sure. I'm very, inter- I'm very interested in writing, filming, music, books, mm-hmm. um, and more recently, the human mind and emotions and relationships. Great. Love it. And I, I do love your videos, actually, uh, on Instagram. I'll, I'll pop your links in the show notes so people can check them out as well. But kind of like your analogies of things, I, I really I really like those. So um, so Thank how you. did it all like come about, really, kind of this study of the mind? Right. So um, I'll give you the potted history because it's quite a long tour. But uh, <laughs> if we rewind, I came out of university with a computing degree. Okay. Uh, which I didn't like. And day one, I was on the phone to, I think it was BT at the time, trying to get my newly arrived modem to work with my computer, despite having a computer networks degree. <laughs> uh, so I was rather embarrassed about that fact and, and, and really wanted to change career. And my, my brother gave me a call um, and he was a wedding photographer. And he said, James, you like movies? And I said, uh, I certainly do, Simon. And he said, well, would you like to come and film a wedding? I said, sure, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a whirl. And okay. um, went off and shot a wedding, bought some gear uh, and loved it. And, and just sort of, it connected all the dots of things I loved in life, like film and music and creation. And it was the moving away from the technical into a more kind of creative space. And I spent the next probably 11 years um, filming weddings. Right. And within that time, just kept looking for opportunities to push the envelope. So every time I, I saw something or was inspired by something, I'd be at the cinema, I'd see a trailer, and I'd go, oh, wow, what, what if we used that piece of music okay. for a wedding trailer? Uh, and so I was constantly looking for things to, to challenge the status quo. And ultimately, I ended up with uh, stop-motion weddings. I don't know whether you've ever seen kind of stop-motion animation. Yeah. It's where they take thousands of photos mm-hmm. and things move ever so slightly so it creates this kind of very fun sense of, of motion around things and that was really I really ended up being the final expression of my creation within the wedding industry okay um at that time we were thinking about family planning and thought we can't continue to do this every weekend it just isn't mm. what we want out of At life. the time suck Yes, yes. So we we were very, very geared towards having a very close-knit family. So the family planning thing came in. And so we really turned all of that experience into um, a wedding business, which was called Wedding Espresso. And the idea was to create a sort of really the UK's first video blog. I wanted to 
to enable couples to meet the suppliers before the wedding fair mm-hmm. um, and, and sort of really bypass the idea of directories and become a little bit more personal with it all. Nice. So that was great. We spent two or three years working on Wedding Espresso. And uh, again, we, we kept developing new ideas within that space. I wrote a book um, and then I wanted to write a second book. And I thought at the time, how do we make the second book different from the first book? Because the first book was all about really my ideas. Right. And I sort of created this concept I called Stonehenging. And it was the idea that when a lot of people come together, the thing that's created is bigger. Like there's more, there's more hands to do greater work. And so I thought, well, why not give a chapter to a wedding supplier and allow them to tell their story? And in sort of to get that off the ground, I wrote um, a basic writing guide. It was kind of like a template for, for how to write the chapter for this book. Right. And we wrote the book and it's one of the most beautiful things I have ever had a hand in in creating. It's, it's absolutely astonishing. It's called um, Carpe Wedding D and Baby. Okay. And just as we were about to publish the first version of it, lockdown hit oh, no. and weddings ground to a halt and I know that everybody has one of these stories so I know it's not unique but long story short we managed to shift about 12,000 copies of it and nice. then it crashed and then it crashed because nobody was planning weddings oh, yeah. very few people were planning weddings and very few wedding suppliers were interested or really had the inspiration to create (laughs) because they were sat at home doing nothing yeah um at the beginning it was it was there were a lot of kind of let's get hands on deck let's do what we can Mm -hmm. let's create positivity and that was fantastic but that soon petered out and Mm -hmm. then I don't know what it was and I certainly wasn't aware of it or even sort of consciously expecting it but I had a weekly newsletter where it was very kind of conversational and chatty and I, I talk about things that were largely outside the wedding industry, actually, for, for wedding suppliers. Mm-hmm. And slowly people started ringing me up or, or asking for Zoom calls or emailing me and just saying, thank you for, for being there for us and for keeping that positivity going. Yeah, that's great. And I wasn't, I sort of hadn't had that intention or, or really that thought. That's not where it came from. And um, it, it sort of planted a seed in me. Mm-hmm. And I remember shortly before that, I was speaking with a celebrant called Helen Noble down in Surrey. And she said to me, James, you're very, very in touch with your feminine energy. Okay. And at the time I received that, I had no idea what to do with it. I didn't understand what it meant. Mm-hmm. Um, it challenged me like on a very, very deep level. And I thought, okay. So I was, I was kind of, collecting all of these thoughts together at the time we, we were stuck at home we were having we were having an amazing time as a family because Rachel was off work she'd been um, furloughed so we were all just here going out for a daily walk living the dream uh, it, was, it was kind of a, be- a beautiful time and a great time for self-reflection mm. and one day I woke up and thought I want to do something with this idea of 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 helping people and, and there must there must be a reason why people want to come to me or feel they can approach me mm-hmm. there must be something in that I don't understand it but there must be something in that and so 
did a bit of digging around and, and decided, well, I'll just go and do counseling. I'll learn how to be a counselor because that seems like a logical progression. Mm -hmm. uh, did the research, found a course, um, ended up at college in the middle of lockdown because apparently it's okay to go to a place of learning. Um, right. So had to drive a very long distance, which terrified me after a year of, of basically mm -hmm. solitude. Yeah. Um, and I just found myself really outside of my comfort zone. I have recurring nightmares about university. I didn't get on with oh, formal no. education very well. It's mm. not. It's not for everyone. Something yeah. that just it just it just challenged me in a weird way, and I didn't like being judged because um, okay. yeah. that's what it felt like. So the whole thing was was very very uncomfortable. But when I got there, it, it was like serendipitous because I'd suddenly found my people. And I was in a room of kind of like-minded souls and it was very tempestuous. I had three different tutors on the course because of various right. situational changes, mm -hmm. each one bringing something new to my learning and my understanding of all of this. Mm -hmm. And it ultimately, sorry, this is a very long story. <laughs> it ultimately kind of climaxed in... Um, Carl Rogers is, is, a, is a psychologist who forms the basis of, of counseling, really. And I was reading one of his books and he was talking about how people learn on like a deep system, systemic level when they are keen to learn as opposed yeah, to being absolutely. taught. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, had, he built an entire philosophy around this. And I realized after reading that, that my tutor was doing that in our course and massively veering off the the structure of the course like the course right. was on, was basically just bolting out of the the field it was it was on a it was on a mad rampage uh, <laughs> but the learning was so powerful as a result and i could feel something happening and i could i could feel a sense of something growing and wanting to come out of me counseling is an incredibly emotionally complicated subject to yeah. study mm -hmm. and at times it just rips you apart and I know that sounds a bit strange but it can get so emotionally complicated mm -hmm. that you yourself can start to struggle to cope and that's why counselors are all supported by supervisors yeah yeah even in the learning of it though you have these experiences and I had a couple of them where I was on a, a near nervous breakdown because of the changes that were happening in me and, right. and the way I had to process emotions and people and experience mm -hmm. people and receive people. So all of this kind of ultimately climaxed in um, an emergency tutor coming in to finish off the course because our tutor had to leave. And uh, he was actually the head of school for right. psychology and psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. And he said one day, he just suggested it off the cuff, you should read The Red Book by Carl Jung. Okay. I thought... Another, another very famous psychologist. And I yeah. thought, okay, it just, it just kind of hit me square in the eyes. I thought, whoa, I've got to read this book. Some, there's something, why? I don't know, but I got to read the book. Got the book, uh, started reading it. And immediately, I don't know what it was, but all the stars aligned. And it just spoke to me and it said, you have got to do this. What this guy is saying, what this guy is talking about, you have got to do this. So okay. essentially... He's all about, he coined this idea of the collective psyche. And that's that 
within a deep meditation, we connect to like a central core of experience that we are all tapping into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not scientific. It's sort of bordering on belief, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's no certainly no sort of scientific proof of it, but I believe that this was something I needed to do for myself. So I came up with an idea that I would apply a lot of what he was talking about to a project. And I thought, what I really, really want to do is separate the ego from the identity, because I feel that throughout life, and especially now in my 40s, I just feel that over time, you become so detached from who you started out as. Right, yeah. You lose a sense of who you are because of the challenges of life. Mm -hmm. And I think this ego takes over, this idea that... uh, this this hungry thing that needs to be fed that needs to be appreciated that needs to to achieve and it's not necessarily the same thing as your identity which might just want to exist and be happy yeah if that makes sense yes and I wanted to I wanted to kind of get a process going that would pull those two things apart almost remove the ego from the equation yeah so that I could feel my identity again Mm -hmm. I knew it was there and I decided I would write another book because um, I was so in love with the red book and this and the idea of this book. I thought I want to write something that's that's not the same, but different, but with the same kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, his was all about dreams. Right. Yeah. Um, and I decided if, if I let other people inspire what I was going to write about, I would, in effect, release the control of my ego. I wouldn't get to choose what I was writing yeah. about ego gone out of the way and I knew this would be a challenge I thought if I go out onto social media and ask people to share their feelings with me (laughs) one of a number of things is going to happen either they're going to say I'm completely nuts um they're going to laugh at me or all these different things I I had no confidence in it whatsoever other than the fact that I felt I needed to do it right okay um but blow me it, it kind of just worked and it connected with people and it started to take on a life of its own Okay. And again, I had no idea what I was doing other than I will just ask people for these words and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. And through that process, it, it sort of began to take form and shape. And then the book started to make sense to me and these meditations started to appear and mm-hmm. the meditations made sense and they were reflecting kind of the deepest parts of my life experience in the present. And they're things that I could not have possibly accessed by myself. I literally wouldn't have gone down that route or ever thought in that way. And I think sharing that with other people, I've discovered that they sort of feel the same way too. And now those connections, I feel, are becoming super powerful. Mm -hmm. And through that manifestation, through that belief in something so ethereal, I've actually connected with and made friends with some of my favorite bands and they're on the project and they're contributing and all of these doors are opening up for me Amazing. because I stepped through the, the doubt. Yes. Um, and that's yeah. it really in a nutshell. So that's the wow. project. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is amazing. I know you said long story, but it was really fascinating. So I was like, you know, I want to find out uh, more <laughs> about you. what's happened. And, and it's great that you've kind of taken something that, well, I suppose I'm sort of getting the feeling that you've always you've always wanted more. 
and you've always known when you didn't like something you know you didn't like your degree and it was like I want to do something else and then it's like oh I want to then do stop motion and you know and then it's kind of evolved and oh, I want to do a book I want to do another book and sure not like a you know not in like a greedy way but just in in like a really inspiring way that you know that you've that you've kind of you know you touched on oh I didn't know what I was doing but I felt like you know I, I it was Dr- drawn to it kind drawn of yeah it. or drawn to it yeah and that's something really powerful actually and you know if you kind of if you thought you know if, if everyone could try try and tap into that how amazing would that be that we could actually overcome our you know self-doubts and when we put ourselves down I mean imagine you know if we just kind of thought well I, I don't really know if this is going to work and I'm not sure I really know what I'm doing but I feel like I should just do something and go for it I mean that would be that would be amazing wouldn't it absolutely Absolutely. And that's what I hope to, to really demonstrate to people that that's become the core of this project. The thrust really is, is I realize and recognize that self-doubt, self-limiting beliefs, imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome, they are crippling experiences. I've had them myself. I know, I know exactly how they feel in my experience. So I have an idea of how they feel in other people's experience. Mm -hmm. Everyone's experience is different, but I understand how debilitating that is. And, and, you know, people who are creative that want to do something in the world should feel empowered to be able to do it. That's, that's kind of where I feel this lies. Definitely. Definitely. So tell us a little bit more about the book. Okay. So um, the book is called The Book of Unfinished Feelings. And Great title, by the way. I do love that. <laughs> thank, thank you. It really stems from uh, a place of, again, it's, it's my ego would probably have called it The Book of Amazing Feelings or okay. The Book of Feelings Explained or something like okay. that. But my identity is far less confident. Um, okay. And my identity wants open discussion and it wants debate and it wants new ideas so this idea of the book of unfinished feelings is it's not it's not complete it never will be complete and part of it is for people to to take their own meaning from it Mm -hmm. but essentially um 10 feeling words come together to create um, a meditation now my process is to sit there with the words in quiet by myself um and just let those words form sentences so so come into expressing whatever it is they want to do and astonishingly a lot of the a lot of the words people have given me do reflect what's happening in the world right uh which is very very exciting and then at other times they reflect kind of a deep sense of of what people are experiencing in that moment and this can sort of be along the lines of depression or anxiety or, and this, and this really does come out. So each meditation has a chapter and I'm writing almost a journal to try to, to give explanation and meaning to these words. And at the same time, try to challenge people's thinking on, on what the words could mean and then give them the opportunity to go off and kind of break off a little, a little piece of that and say, well, what does this mean for me in my life, in my experience? Um, I'm hoping that the book will be approximately 50 chapters. That's when I aim to, to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not fixed. I I'm totally open-ended if it feels right before then, 
that will be when it finishes. Yeah. If it needs to go longer, it will go longer. I have absolutely no ideas or fixed ideas of, of when or how it will happen. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. And I love the, I do like the unfinished title. You know, I, I do like that within that. Um, and I guess, I suppose the whole sort of, I guess, premise of feelings and, and how we feel, it, it changes every day. And mm. so I guess that's why you're probably thinking 50 chapters for 50 feelings. You know, we, we experience so many different feelings all in one day, all in one hour. You know, things can things can just change. And um, yeah, I can imagine it being a book where you can kind of pick it up and kind of come back to it at different times, you know, depending on how you feel. And I think that's that can be really important within a book, especially sort of the, you know, self-help kind of category mm -hmm. that you can keep keep, you know, coming coming back to it, depending on how you feel. It sounds it sounds great. I mean, quite honestly, Beth, I don't think it reads like any other book that I've ever read. And, and, and again, I think part of my creative expression, like I did with the weddings, it's it's trying to look for the other thing. Yes. Um, and yeah, my my idea, my hope for this book really is that I would like for it to be less commercially available. Right. And I would love it if, if to be connected with the, to still be connected with the experience. And I'm sort of toying with the idea of maybe asking someone to spend 30 minutes with me um, before reading the book and just share where they are and, and, okay. and what's going on and, and how they feel. And we'll just have a very kind of gentle chat about life. Yeah. And then allow them to read the book and then come back and have another chat afterwards and discuss... Okay what's yeah. happened in the in the in the interim because the book represents a titanic shift in emotional thinking for me because i've had to absorb all of these emotions from all of these people and yeah. it's opened my mind in ways that i couldn't possibly have ever conceived wow yeah and i feel i feel that by remaining connected to that experience for people they can they can have more out of it i think if i just give them the book and send them on their way it might not quite have yeah. the same effect so that's that's the thinking that's the thought i think that's that sounds great i think that would be so interesting you know especially for you and just the person um you mm. know involved i think that i'd be yeah really almost like a almost like a therapy in a way um a guided experience <clears throat> yeah mm. yeah so, sounds great and if you if you need participants i'm i'm open <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> um, so if people are listening to this and they're like oh i really could do with some help kind of trying to overcome that like self-doubt and and those those kind of feelings what would be like your top kind of three tips cool i have written them down i gave some great thoughts Very organized. Last night. uh <laughs> yes and ironically and amazingly, as I was writing these, um, it, they all pretty much happened. So they, so they are tips I live by as well. Okay, great. Love it. Tip, tip number one <clears throat> is, uh, is basically look to others and spend some time in their heads because okay. too often in life, it's far too easy to get wrapped up in our own stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's so much going on yeah. everywhere all the time all the time if we are, all the time constantly if we're too if we're too dialed into our own perception of mm -hmm. we, too focused on ourselves yeah. we really do lose sight of what matters 
Right, yeah, yeah. So as much as possible, think about other people, I guess. Yeah. And I guess within that, would you say even just speaking speaking with people and kind of having trying to have like a bit more of a meaningful or kind of deep conversation kind of will will allow those their thought process to kind of you know become part of yours in in a way like I feel like sometimes when you're having a really good conversation with someone you know and it's really flowing and you and then they say something and you think oh my goodness I, I never would have thought of it in that way you know or or things like I don't know book clubs and things like that where you're discussing the same thing you can all have mm-hmm. taken something totally different from the same Completely. thing. That's that's something that I really, really enjoy, actually. So, so yeah, that's a good one. I mean, a really good kind of working example of that is um, I'm still working on my wife, Rachel. She she okay. she is sort of like coming to terms with these concepts. We're working on it, but okay. you can imagine that you're driving in the car and and it's a, a 60 mile an hour speed limit, and someone's driving at 25 miles an hour, and you're trying to get into town to get your shopping done. Yeah. Well, that's when the expletives come out and uh, come on, <laughs> get a move on, and but 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 but. But if if you can just shift your your thought process into well, perhaps there's a reason why that person is driving at 25 miles an hour. Why yeah. is that person driving at 25 miles? Are they nervous? Yeah. You know, uh, is there something else going on? Do they have somebody in the car? What is it? And that's the shift between thinking mm-hmm. from your own perspective to thinking from the other person's perspective. And it can change everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that could be really important as well when you're trying to kind of learn about different communities as well and maybe like different cultures and different religions. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that is really important. So hit us with cool. tip number two. Tip number two. Uh, this is a big one, and I think it's a, a challenge to self-confidence. But wow, okay. if if you can if you can just try it, observe, okay. okay, observe and learn to recognize and seize opportunities. Okay, yeah. Hard. Yes. <laughs> easier said. Than I am um, easier said than done. But I can give you two. I can give you two um, absolutely amazing things that have happened to okay. me as a result of this. Yeah. Number one. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I've connect with, connected with some bands, some of my favorite bands through this project, and I have never stopped banging on their doors okay. with ideas. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, I cannot contact this person. They're too famous. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. But I knocked on the doors and then a couple of days ago, one of them said, absolutely. Yeah, I'm well down for this. Let's Let's get it in the diary. And okay. now as a result of me just not fearing the process mm-hmm. I have an opportunity to do something with somebody that I you know really appreciate and means so much to me in my life and that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't have just seized that opportunity that was there for the taking yeah. it just yeah. required me to take an action and and yeah. not be afraid of the action because at the end of the day the worst anybody can say is no or nothing yeah and and yeah. really that means nothing to you you know there's no so yeah. that's uh that's uh, example number one example number two uh let me just cast my mind back is when you see something on instagram perhaps and someone saying hey i've got this amazing idea i want to do this is anybody interested put your hand up yeah um because <laughs> literally you don't know what what will come of it and and i put my hand up the other day and now we are writing a song um, oh, okay. in support of the book. 
so there's a song being created for the book uh, because I believed in in that opportunity and you have no idea what doors will open as a result of that so be that person that sticks your hand up and says yes yeah yeah um, I, I guess it's don't a little be afraid bit, of it yeah and it's it's a little bit of putting yourself out there isn't it kind of thing like just thinking you know what I'm gonna yeah. send a message and they might reply and that would be great they might not they don't they don't you know they don't and you you've got it, it it can and does knock your confidence I know that yeah yeah but if you've got your mindset straight from the outset that this is just trying for an opportunity yes. this isn't the opportunity yet yes it's just oh, trying yeah, yeah I like that yeah yeah nice hmm. which three. actually leads really nicely to tip number three nice. uh which is try in so many different ways that failure becomes a blur okay explain i'll give you i'll give you an example mm -hmm. writing my book if i had uh taken on board every single person that has blanked me rejected me uh nobody's actually offended me yet um everyone's <laughs> been very 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 polite and very very lovely about it um but there have been people that just haven't replied mm -hmm. now if i'd based my confidence uh chances of success uh happiness contentment on the people that did not respond yeah i would have crumbled yeah. so let's say i sent out 10 messages and I don't know, three people replied. Mm -hmm. What if I'd sent out five messages and none of those five people had replied? So what I'm yeah. saying is if you want to do something and you want to, to achieve something, whatever it is, do so much of it that you have enough chance of the good stuff coming in. Right. So that you okay. overpower mm -hmm. that chance of failure. Um, because if you keep trying, eventually something will give yeah. Um, so just, yeah, just try in so many different ways that failure becomes a blur. Yeah, I love that as well. These have been great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, I, I guess as well, I, I hadn't thought of it in that way that if you, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, casting out so many nets kind of thing and how many fish mm. you can get back. That kind absolutely. of thing. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is a perfect kind of, analogy. Yeah, yeah, there's probably loads of other ones that I can't think of. But um, but yeah, and I've been kind of reading a lot about failure actually recently. And I don't know if you know about Elizabeth Day's work, How to Fail and Fail Philosophy. No. I'll, uh, I'll send you some Instagram messages. How to Fail rings a bell. So maybe I've come into contact with it. It's a podcast it. as well, which you might have, might have heard of. But um, okay. anyway, Elizabeth Day is a, a great writer. I really, you know, appreciate her, her work. And she started this podcast, How to Fail, and it turned into a book. And it is so interesting thinking about kind of, I mean, it is celebrities that she's interviewing, but you think, you know, they're people who you, you know, you admire, they're up there, they've had all the success mm. and, and you, you think, oh, surely, you know, they've, they've not had a load of failures like little old me. And, and, you know, and they talk about kind of three main, you know, big failure, well, what they class as like a big failure within their life. Um, Cause the guest gets to choose what they, okay. what failures they want to talk about. Um, and it is just so interesting you know, hearing about kind of what people have, even just what they've chosen is interesting, um, you know, of what they think is a big failure kind of thing or how, or how it's impacted their life. And, and yeah, it can be, can be really interesting. And her book, she's got two books, How to Fail and Failosophy. Failosophy is more of, you know, more of a guide, you know, to kind of overcome failure. And, and I found that really, really interesting. So I think that might be oh, right. 
yeah you might yeah. enjoy that but very interesting yeah that's yeah that's really good to think of it that way though of the more that you cast out you know even if you get a couple of replies back you've kind of almost forgotten that you've sent a load of messages or whatever it might exactly. be exactly because... if, if if you think i'm sat there thinking about the people that haven't replied i, I am not i'm too engaged with the people that have you well know, exactly yeah and that's and... what you want and that's what you're looking for yeah and you can almost be i suppose more grateful for the people who have replied if you are casting out loads if, if even just three people reply, you're like, oh, thank you so much. It's great to hear from you, you know, and you can kind of put more of your energy into that than, than thinking, like you say, about those people. Who... That might be an even more wonderful way of thinking about it, actually, Beth, in, in the sense that if somebody does reply, that, that level of gratitude for that response, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. I like that. Yeah. So if you want people to take one thing away from, from all that you've said, all those great things, people are listening you think right I just want them to think about this one thing what would it be others okay nice simple I like it in a, in a, in a word yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. that's my philosophy so yeah that's yeah. what I believe in yeah and and that is important you know be kind to yourself and others that's that's something that I feel really passionately about so so yeah, great. Well, we are coming towards the end where I ask every guest for a recommendation. So kind of something either kind of in your field of work or something that's just inspired you maybe. So can you think of like, I don't know, a podcast, YouTube channel, another Instagram, that kind of thing. Um, what would you tell listeners to go and, and watch, read, see? Of course. Uh, so uh, being very creative, it would have to be creative works. Mm -hmm. um, and... I respect and understand that that music uh, is something that's very personal, like what you like and what you enjoy. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm very drawn to the depths of expression, and I find myself loving something from every genre when it has enough meat on the bone to to challenge you and to make you think and to whatever it is, whether it's the lyrics or the music or the the sensibility yeah. of it. And there is a track by a band that I've listened to since I was about 14 okay. um, called Fear Factory. And I've seen them live a couple of times and they are very loud. Uh, they are very aggressive, but okay. they basically pioneered the idea of beautiful melodies with that level of aggression and, and expression. Okay. And as Sounds a result, I think that their music just transcends ordinary life. And, and I'm looking okay. for those things that challenge us. So I've got this track uh, called Regenerate by Fear Factory. And whenever I am feeling a little bit low energy or I need a pick me up, I go to that track and it gives okay. me the chills. Gets you all up in, the uh, in a way that I cannot describe. If 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 there was a track that expressed everything that I feel about life, the energy of it, and it's all in that track. So it might be a difficult listen for some people. I appreciate it because of the genre. But okay. if you can get past that and just listen to what's being said and how it's being presented, then I think there's a a world of understanding there for you. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really, really interesting. I will pop it in the show notes and where to find you as well. Um, and a little link to your book when it's available. We can pop that Lovely. in later on. So yeah, thank you so much for coming. It's been so interesting. Thank you.
Well, thank you very much for inviting me, Beth. Like I said, I'm a, a massive fan of your podcast, so it's an absolute honour and a pleasure to, uh, to be on it. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was great to chat with James and hear all about his work, how it came about, and I'm sure you'll agree James is a really intriguing guy, in the best way possible. If you'd like to be a guest on the pod, drop me a DM on Instagram at positivitywithbeth or email thejoyseries1 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, rate or subscribe to put on your positive pants so even more people can access a weekly dose of positivity. And if you'd like to leave me a review, I would be very grateful. Until next time, bye.